Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking Biotech, the podcast that we get into all things biotech. My name is Matt and thanks a lot for joining me today. Uh, if you like what I'm doing, please like, subscribe, or leave a comment below. Today I'm going to talk about Biogen and the controversy related to their uh, the results that they just put out for their phase 2 trial looking at preventing Alzheimer's disease progression with uh, BAN2401. So uh, I'm not going to get into my portfolio, although if anybody just saw the XBI close, it was a devastating day. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be too dramatic, but devastating down by like 2.5%. But uh, I'm pretty much down in everything after this week. And um, I just think it's uh, it's money flows into different sectors based on what's going on geopolitically. But um, I'm going to keep this talk focused on Alzheimer's disease and uh, neuro degeneration and we're going to talk about uh, what went on with their trial and what we should expect moving forward. So uh, for those who didn't haven't been following the story, Biogen is a company that um, is in partner with Asai, uh, which is a Japanese biotech company as well and they have this they're pretty much they're a pretty big company and they're um, involved in many different things but the the most important at least for for today's video is neurodegeneration. So um, people have been looking for a good Alzheimer's drug for a long time. The uh, standard of care right now is only to treat the symptoms, and that's done with Aricept or Dinepazil, which is an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor, and that, uh, that's able to alleviate a lot of the symptoms, but it doesn't change the disease progression. So there have been a lot of attempts to see whether or not we can actually affect change in the disease outcome, and we don't entirely know what causes the disease, but we kind of know what its characteristics are. So I don't have a good um, image here for uh, to illustrate Alzheimer's disease, but basically what ends up happening is you get an accumulation of uh, amyloid plaques in your brain, and what goes on from there is you get a lot of neuron cell death that's associated with memory neurons and neurons associated with cognition. And uh, that eventually progresses, and you get more and more brain degeneration, and then you die. So um, we don't know exactly what uh, the right, we don't know what causes this. And there's a few hypotheses that are out there. There's obviously genetic factors that are involved in this. And the, the main genetic thing is the APOE um, epsilon 4 variant. So if you're positive for that, you're more likely to get Alzheimer's disease. And this is actually relevant for our talk today because uh, we'll see how this APOE4 population is, is going to make the data look better than it really should. And a lot of people have pointed this out, so I'm not going to be pointing out anything too new, but I think it's, uh, you know, we can make some predictions based on, on what it is. So there's a genetic cause, and then people think either that the amyloid hypothesis is uh, is of most relevance or the tau hypothesis so the amyloid hypothesis is that this amyloid precursor protein um, gets processed into amyloid beta and this amyloid beta for some reason ends up forming oligomers which then forms these protofibrils and then fibrils and this becomes neurotoxic for the the neurons and the neurons eventually start to function incorrectly and then die so Biogen has many different products that they're trying to push through clinical trials in order to target this hypothesis. And 
there a lot of them are antibodies and they'll bind to different forms of the a beta fibrils or oligomers and then the body's able to metabolize them and get them out of the brain so and that's if if that is the cause of alzheimer's and there's been a lot of research done on this and some of the antibodies that have previously been done and i think lily is one company that did one they uh, were successful in phase two and they failed in phase three so um, and that's what the the topic of uh, discussion is today regarding the phase two data that came out but before i get into that the tau hypothesis is another one and biogen also has some um, anti-tau antibodies that they're putting through to try and alleviate that that part of the problem so um, what happens in, in the tau hypothesis is that this protein ends up getting hyperphosphorylated for some reason and it turn, forms these neurofibrillary tangles and these tangles form aggregates that can also be neurotoxic and that leads to the cell death and the, the loss of cognition and memory. So there's, a, there's good data to suggest that both of them um, can occur in, in this disease, at least in the preclinical area, but in clinically we don't really know and there's been... Um, mixed signals in regarding whether or not um, either one is the cause or a mix of both and uh, yeah so Biogen at least uh, for today's talk um, you know this is the company website it's uh, it's really nice so they're they're a big company and they also they have products out there already the one I'm not going to get into it too much but uh, Spinraza has been approved for um, SMA which we've talked about because uh, Alexion has a product that they're putting through um, to try and treat that disease with uh, um, an AAV vector, but uh, Spinraza has actually been approved, and it's a really expensive and powerful medication to prevent SMA. So they're making money, which is good, and we're not going to talk too much about the financial um, implications of uh, their current um, approved drugs, but really more what um, the implication would be if they were to get a good Alzheimer's drug approved. So, uh, just gonna go to their pipeline and show you guys what I mean. So, you know, they've got a lot of drugs out here. Looking at uh, base one inhibitors, so there's different ways that you can attack the Alzheimer's problem. Um, I didn't talk about the gamma secretase, but there's different um, mechanisms involved in production of either a beta or involved in the tau hyperphosphorylation. So, anyway, the, the important ones for today is um, aducanumab which is very similar to uh, BAN2401 the the difference is that BAN2401 binds to the large protofibrils of A beta whereas aducanumab is able to bind the oligomer form as well as the fibrils so uh, I would expect more efficacy if this was the cause of Alzheimer's I would expect more efficacy from this drug than the BAN2401. So I think there, um, you know, there's a lot of potential because this drug I think is in phase two right now. Or sorry, has finished phase two. Anyway, so this is their pipeline. They have a ton of drugs. So they're, um, they're very much focused on neurotransgeneration. And I think that uh, if none of these are approved, I would be very surprised if none of these show positive data because they're pretty much attacking the diseases from all angles regarding to all of the research that's been done in Alzheimer's up to date. So I think they, they have a high likelihood of success eventually. Uh, I, I don't know about the, the current, what they're looking at currently. So 
this is the Adu Canumab trial um, in a phase 1b and they, they saw very positive data here so uh, well, let's just get into it so I'll, I'll talk about a couple of the the ways that we test for cognition so there's the CDRSB the MMSSE the ADAS COG and then they Biogen has come up with a new um, ranking called God, where is it? Uh, called the ADCOMS. So this is like a combination of, of two existing um, ranking systems, and they put it together to form their own that they think is more robust. So yeah, okay. So in in here, looking at aducanumab. Um, they see that at the higher doses, they get an improvement compared to placebo. So placebo is the uh, gray bar here, and they show that at at least the 10 mg per kilogram, they get an improvement in the CDRSB, and they also get an improvement in the uh, MMSSE. So it's worsening if it's going up in the CD CDRSB, and it's worse if it's going down in the MMSE. So what they also see is that the plaque reduction uh, goes down. So they're they're seeing a positive outcome on what they what their drug targets. So if they see more, um, if they see less plaque in the actual brain, which they can do through a PET scan, or they can measure, uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but they're able to measure a reduction in plaque, uh, amyloid plaque in the brain, and they see this with their drug. Now the magnitude to which the plaque reduction occurs and to which the benefits of the uh, cognition occur isn't always um, correct so we can see here that like the 6 mg per kg dose is actually worse than placebo in the MMSE but the amount of plaque reduction is substantially lower than the placebo so there's some some little intricacies that that I don't know how to resolve and I think it might just be due to us not entirely understanding the the disease itself okay but um, in terms of the actual phase two data that came out yesterday, uh, we saw like a litany of articles come out, and this is just one of them talking about how the uh, it's positive data, but when you look into the details, it's not quite that positive. So, the uh, they announced about a month ago that they reanalyzed some data, and using traditional statistics, they were able to get a significant um, difference between placebo and their highest dose uh, at their latest time point. And then they announced that they were going to reveal more data at the end of this month, so that was yesterday. So a little weird that they, they timed it like that, but it might just be due to the logistics of the conference. But anyway, so uh, some of the slides that I took off Twitter, we're going to go through them, and, uh, and I'll give you my thoughts on that. So the one of the problems with the, the treatment is that the edema side effect can be quite... Uh, severe in patients that have APOE4 positivity. So um, patients who had that genotype were not allocated to the highest dose for risk of this uh, life-threatening edema. And this was told to Biogen by the FDA to do. So at baseline, they had to collect all of this baseline data in terms of the MMSE and the ADASCOG and the ADCOMS and everything. And then as they went through the study, they 
uh, decided to shift patients to the higher dose if they weren't responding as part of the as part of a, a way to get better statistical power um, if there was no effect in the lower dose. But the FDA said that they could not do this to the APOE4 positive subjects because it was uh, it was a danger for them given the edema. So that's what's shown here on the, the bottom right. And uh, this has implications because if you think about the cognition uh, statistics, the APOE4 population is, is further along in their disease usually. They're more severe. So you could imagine that a baseline that includes these subjects uh, is more likely to to be worse off than a baseline that didn't have these APOE4 positive subjects. So keep that in mind as we go through this and, uh, and it'll make sense um, when we see the actual data. So and the I don't know the, the numbers here, but I've seen on, on Twitter that about 70% uh, of the patients were APOE4 positive in the placebo, whereas in the treatment, it goes down to about 30% of patients. So just keep that in mind as we go through. But this was a pretty large study, 856, and they randomized them to a bunch of different doses of BAN2401. I think they used too many different um, treatment doses. They could have just picked fewer and gotten more power out of each uh, specific dose. So I'm not, I'm not too sure why they did that, but they, they did also announce that they were going to shift patients to the higher doses if they were ineffective. So that's uh, at the discretion of the company. So here is another, this, this line is kind of misleading to me because they're, they're indicating that, yeah, they're showing that it's the exact same uh, demographically between the two. And this isn't entirely accurate, so, uh, and they, I guess they have a star here, but, you know, this is a pretty important point, and I think it's worth highlighting this more if you're going to be putting this data out. So, yeah, so they say here that the number of APOE positive patients is the same at both, but I think what they mean to say is that at the low dose of BAN2401 treatments, um, these patients were also APOE4 positive, so it was just in the highest dose that they weren't APOE4 positive. So uh, this isn't very relevant. It's not very relevant this slide because the effects that they saw were pretty much limited to the highest dose of, of BAN2401. So anyway, um, yeah, if we go further, so the different, what do I have here? So the different uh, metrics that I have here are the adcoms and they also looked at okay I don't have it up but they looked at the the CDS um, CDRSB as well as the um, ADAS-COG so the the important one that they're sticking with though for them is the adcoms so the CDS CDRSB was was not significant between any of the groups uh, for our purposes they might have seen like a little time point that was changed but they saw a difference in the ADAS-COG and they saw one in the ADCOMS. And now, if we look here, they only see a difference at in the highest dose, and this dose also happens to be the one that has very few APOE4 positive patients. So people caught this, and, and they've been talking about it a lot on Twitter. So the, the p-value is, at, at these different time points, are, is like 0 .034. And it needs to be under 0 0.05 for it to maintain statistical significance. And I think once they do subgroup analysis, they're going to see that this 
uh, placebo line is in fact much closer to the 10 milligrams per kg biweekly line and a lot of this effect is going to be uh, insignificant so you know they they should have been uh, you know the smart people working at this company I don't know what they were thinking when they did this because this is something that a lot of people caught and have been talking about on Twitter and I think that uh, this data, which they've told they're going to do a subgroup analysis and they're going to come back and tell everybody what the, the real significance is. So I don't know how they're going to get out of this because the, the difference is not that high. The, the improvement is about 30%, they say. And, you know, people were, were not going to be impressed with only about a 15 to 10% improvement from, ba from pl baseline and placebo. Um, so that's, a, that's kind of the issue right now. And we can wait to see what they what they come back with, but I think that the the FDA is going to see this and be relatively hesitant to give them an early approval, and they might want to go on and do a phase three trial. But I think that would be a big waste of money at this point. I think their best bet would be to focus on adu aducanumab and uh, and see if that works. And if it doesn't do, if it doesn't do any better than placebo, then I think we're done with amyloid. I don't think there's this much use in going further with this. And, you know, the 30% is nice, but if we look at the low doses, it does almost worse than placebo. And the, the lower doses have these um, APOE4 positive patients in them as well. So, yeah, so it's not, it's not great. It's not super impressive. Now, when it comes to the actual function of the drug, it does work. So it's not like they weren't hitting their target properly. They're getting a big decrease in the amount of um, of amyloid. So uh, I don't know exactly what this is measuring. Oh, so they're actually measuring the, the A-beta uh, protein in the cerebrospinal fluid. So if their drug is working, they would expect this. They would expect that they're reducing the amount of plaque and that the amyloid beta is going into the cerebrospinal fluid and the serum, and it's being... Um, process that way and this is what they're seeing so especially at the 10 mg per kg dose they're seeing a significant amount of this and the amount of improvement in cognition and, and memory is is not that huge so given this huge p-value the 0.0001 and the, the p-value for the actual cognition this really just tells me that the amyloid beta hypothesis uh, it's not the right one at least not for humans might be for mice but not for humans so, um, yeah, so when I say that I think we should go on with the aducanumab, it's because aducanumab uh, is going to hit more of the um, A-beta aggregates. So it's not just going to hit the protofibrils, but it's going to hit the oligomers as well, which might have an issue, uh, which might be a, a more profound uh, target when it comes to the disease progression. Uh, I think that's the only chance they have, really, because it's not... Uh, you know, it's not worth continuing to pursue this otherwise. And now, it might be uh, additive in terms of if we combine this drug with a target to tau or something else, then it might be like this big effect that goes on or the synergistic effect. But in and of itself, it doesn't look like it's not effective. Okay, so this just talks about, shows the amyloid burden as well. So they looked at it in, in different ways. And they saw, in fact, that the treatment lowers the amount of uh, amyloid in the brain. So the other thing that makes me 
hesitant about the the phase three trial is that this has been done before. So Solanazumab was a Lilly product that did did well in phase two and it failed in phase three. They they published on it in uh, the New England Journal of Medicine and this is what it looks like. So you know there's a there's a slight uh, improvement to placebo but nothing great and this looks a lot like the actual data that we see in the uh, trial from Biogen so you know not to not to belabor the point too much but uh, I don't know if it's worth continuing this drug in in phase three so with that uh, I guess I just had the the phase one trial here just to show that it worked so they looked at a number of different metrics in in phase one and, and they showed that the drug was effective at least in reducing um, plaque in in the brain so we're going to see what the company says. They're, uh, they've told us that they're going to come back with a subgroup analysis and, uh, and go from there. And uh, we'll see if they try to talk to the FDA about um, what they want. But I've, I've given my opinion, and uh, I don't know. I don't think it's, uh, it's great to, to pursue. I think that um, they, they still have a lot of potential moving forward. So if you're looking at a dip to buy, this one might be it. I don't think that the company is done bleeding yet. Once we see that it confirms that there's no significant difference between placebo, uh, I think that it has a lot more room to fall. If we look at the chart here, the um, early July is when we saw the big pump up based on the news, and we're still only at 340, which is pretty much where the day started after we heard about the, the pump up from the knowledge that they had positive data so this could very easily fall back down to under 300 and uh, you know it's not to say that they don't have a lot of potential moving forward as I think that they're they're trying to really target this disease and I think we got to give them a lot of credit for that because it's a uh, it's tough it's super tough out there there's been so many drugs that have failed to, to produce a change in Alzheimer's disease and so much money that's poured into this that I really hope that somebody succeeds I, uh, I did a blog post about Axivant and, and their, um, I forget what the drug was called, but their failure in trying to improve symptoms. And a lot of these drugs are just trying to improve symptoms as well. So uh, a company that's actually looking to change the outcome of the disease, I think, needs the public's full support. And we can hope for the best, but, you know, it's got to actually prove, show a, a noticeable change in, in the disease progression. And sadly for Biogen, I don't think this is the one that they want to... This is not the hill to die on, put it that way. But um, I think it's worth it for them to look further in their other targets, and uh, and we'll see from there. So I'm not going to take a position. I, uh, I'm licking my wounds from the uh, brutal XBI close today. Uh, Illumina did uh, close pretty low, as well as a lot of other companies that, that I'm invested in. So I think uh, next week I'll pick it up and show my portfolio, but... Suffice to say, it's uh, it's down enough. But uh, I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, thanks a lot for watching, guys. Please tell a friend if they're interested in the biotech industry and want, want to get in there. And, um, yeah, like, subscribe, or give me a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know if I'm off on Biogen. I would love to talk about it in the comments. And thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you next time.